Welcome to the Western Revolution Show, a show for men and the people who love them. We'll discuss how men can embrace and understand the healthiest versions of themselves. I am your host, Dr. Charles Corporal. I am going to forego my usual monologue today because I just want to get into this very <laughs> enlightening topic that we're going to talk about today. As you remember last week, we brought the brothers in to talk about Jay-Z's Faux 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 album. I want to thank uh, my, my brothers, uh, Oliver Thomas, Wayne Trepania, and Wesley Bias for joining the What's Your Revolution show. As the week went on, I started to get a number of messages from the sisters, uh, from, the, from the ladies about our discussion. And the discourse was really around how brothers need to show up for our sisters in the community. And so I began to think about where am I in this space, you know, and how do I show up? And I began to have this conversation with my wonderful producer, Rachel Graham, who had nothing but Interesting. a soliloquy <laughs> to say about this topic. Yeah. Uh, and so we decided to invite... Another good friend of ours to the show, Dr. Tammy Wilborn. How you doing? Good. So glad to be here. Oh, man, we're excited. We're excited. So, Rachel, you have never actually been asked this question, so I'm ex- excited to ask you this question, my good producer and friend and sister, my sister friend. Right. What's your revolution? World domination. <laughs> <laughs> you was, you oh. could do that. You've been waiting to say that, haven't you? I was World domination. No. Um, um, whew, Lord have mercy. So my revolution is to utilize the gifts that God gave me to um, make as much change as I can where I am, um, starting with myself and using that, you know, kind of, you know, moving throughout the community uh, to, you know, just just make a little difference. Make spread a, little, a little. Spread a little good. Spread a little good. <laughs> tell Tell the world, Rachel. All the things that you do. I think you need to get that out. Here's here's this opportunity for Rachel to tell the world what you actually do to spread a little bit of good. That was not supposed to be part of this conversation. Hey, you know. So, yeah, get up out of here. No, I'm just show. <laughs> <laughs> So, as everyone may or may not know, uh, I am the host of Real Talk with Rachel on WBOK, 1230 a.m. Streaming live at WBOK, 1230 a.m. Oh, here we go, man. Uh, from 4 to 6 p.m. every Monday through Friday. Um, I am also honored, blessed, and humbled to have been selected to uh, <laughs> to serve as the president of the New Orleans Association of Black Journalists. Um, it is a an important time in the life of the organization. We are working to reaffiliate with the National Association of Black Journalists, and so um, we had an awesome groundswell of support that kind of bubbled up in a meeting that we uh, called together in January. And I think right now we're sitting at just under 50 paid members mm. as of the first of the year. I'm one of those members. He is, in fact, one yes, of those I members. Yes, I am. And so we're just really excited to continue the work that was started by our past president, our immediate past president, Nakondra Norwood, and the leadership team there. Um, so there's that. And then there's this little thing that's happening next week, which mm. is the National Association of Black Journalists Annual Convention. Uh, which uh, comes to our city, oh, Lord, we have an event starting on Tuesday um, and running all through the week. Our national officers uh, will start to arrive in a couple of days, 
and um, every day is a new adventure. It is. Selfish <laughs> plug for What's a Revolution. I yeah. actually will be on a panel with my brother, Torrance Taylor, yes. as we talk about uh, the perceptions of black males in the media. So it, it, well, it's interesting, though, because there's more, like, you got to, like, y'all are fly in your own right. But that. I mean, um, this shirt is fly. We're going to get to that shirt in a minute. <laughs> um, but that conversation, if I'm not mistaken, also includes mothers of, or a, a panel conversation close to it or mm-hmm. in proximity to it, includes the mothers of Philando Castile oh, wow. and Alton Sterling. Right. Um, and uh, Mike Brown's mom has been invited to come. And so just really having a really honest conversation, which is a continuation of the Black Male Media Project mm-hmm. that exactly. we did in June. And so I do that and I... Uh, I do a little, you know, consulting on the side. A little bit, a little uh, bit. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, What's Your Revolution was started and uh, by Rachel Graham. Uh, so we're going to... <laughs> exactly. We're going to move to my good friend, Dr. Wilbon. Um, What's Your Revolution? And our listeners have heard a little bit, but I know your revolution has expanded. So tell us about it. My revolution continues to be wellness. Um, for me, that means people being able to live their lives optimally um, across several domains. I think typically when we think of wellness, we think of mind, body, and spirit, but wellness actually has eight domains. Mm. And so um, for me, it's people being able to live across those domains optimally, living their best lives meaningfully, fully, purposefully. So yeah. people people want to know, hold on one second, Rachel, what are those eight domains? So, <laughs> yeah, you will put me to task. Yeah, um, exactly. Let me see if I can remember them. Um, so there's definitely emotional, physical, um, spiritual, social wellness, occupational wellness. Mm-hmm. Um, is relationship is wellness in there? Well, it, not specifically, but it's connected to, like, emotional wellness, gotcha. um, intellectual wellness. Um Surely I'm missing one. I it's can't all remember, good. But it's all th- good. Those are most of them, yeah. Gotcha. Um, tell us a little bit about, just so people know, about the services that you offer. Yes. Yeah, so I'm the owner and chief clinical officer of Wilborn Clinical Services, which is actually based here in New Orleans. And uh, Wilborn Clinical Services provides four clinical services, four key services. So uh, one of them being mental health counseling. So I provide clinical mental health counseling to individuals, children, Um, families, couples, along a number of different issues that you think people typically show up to counseling for. So counseling is one. The other one is clinical supervision. So um, as a board-approved clinical supervisor, those individuals who have received their master's in counseling and are looking to be licensed as counselors need supervision to do that. So I provide supervision for pre-licensed mental health counselors. The third thing that I do under that, uh, under Wilborn Clinical Services is um, continuing education, so training that's either professional professional development training for counselors or mental health professionals, um, workshops. Under that is the annual Black Women's Wellness Conference, which I'm very proud of. Uh, we're in our second year, will be rather, um, and we'll be having that in January. Um, and the Black Women's Wellness Conference is an extension not only of my clinical work as a counselor, uh, but also my research related to black women's mental health mm-hmm. and wellness. Right. Um, and so that's something I'm really proud of. And then the fourth thing is c- consultation. So I work with agencies, schools, businesses that are looking to either implement um, clinical programming or to enhance their clinical programming. I do some consultations. So 
doing doing a little bit of stuff. Uh, a, little bit. a little bit. Man, I don't even know how you get home. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's interesting now. I wanted to set that up uh, so people know why I have these two stalwarts on my show as we begin to kind of have this conversation around relationships mm-hmm. and really with the groundwork with the, the floor being – Jay-Z's revelation uh, in his song, 444, about, um, as I say, his uh, autobiography about himself and how he, it has played out in his relationship right. uh, with Beyonce, with Bay. And so I know both of you have heard the song, but what were, your, what were your feelings, that initial reaction after hearing that song? Oh. Uh, it was hard. It was really hard uh, to listen to. Um, my woman response was, uh, you know, pure upset. Um, my Jay-Z fan response was, that's a space that he, that he deserves. That, you know, once again, lyrically, it was tight. Um, and he has used his music as his catharsis. Um, but then to see other folks' reactions to it, I, my, I got my back up a little bit uh, because it, it just didn't seem fair that folks really came at him around around that song. Really, really came at him. Um, and I say that it really came at him, and then maybe there was a little bit of transference, maybe a lot of transference, because they came at the brothers. Yes, you know, they did. They came at the brothers based on the song. And I think that it's... It, it, is a rele- it is a revelation. And do, do I even need to say it's a revelation? I think it's an opportunity for a 47-year-old man who has a platform, as we talked about last week, to really tell the world, this is, what, this is what's going on. Well, and it's interesting. I think I told you I had a, a, a deep, long um, – I was really excited to have this conversation with my 20 20- – is she 20 yet? Is she 19? Sugar bear. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, she won't be 20 until next year. My, my 19-year-old daughter, um, who is really coming at herself and really understanding black feminism and black feminist thought and is not a Jay-Z fan, and her issue was I'm irritated that he profited off of his putting this out there. And my comeback to her was, but Beyonce. I was going to say Beyonce thing. did the same thing. And I mean, people were like, album, album of the year, album of the year, yeah. right? And yeah. and so it just it just did it, it, you know, it's a it's a, um, I hate to say hypocritical, but that's how it felt. Right, right. That's how it felt. Doc, what do you think? What was your reaction? Um, I think my reaction was um, I wasn't surprised because I think anybody who has listened to Beyonce's music or listened to her the few times that she has done interviews she has said if you want to know my life listen to my music so I think for me Beyonce had already prepared, prefaced prepared me minimally that Mm -hmm. to hear Jay-Z say what he said it was like oh okay because she had already begun to tell us that this was happening so I guess when I heard when I heard Jay-Z I was I was not impacted in the way most people were. I thought good for him. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought, um, yeah, sure, he's using his art to to inform us about his indiscretions. But many people have done that. So it's you know Jay Z isn't the first person who's done that. Mm-hmm. That's and, interesting. Yeah, That's I mean most people use their indiscretions and their pain and their their hurt in artistic ways and have profited from that. So it just. I was actually kind of surprised at some of the responses that I was seeing in social media. People were going so far as to say he was abusing, you know, all of these kinds of things. And 
I was just surprised at the response. I wasn't surprised at Jay-Z's words or lyrics. So are we, because of the reaction to it, are we stuck? I mean, is that a privilege? Is that a... Is that an oppressed perspective because we're coming – and I, I had to pull that back. Is, is that an oppressed perspective? Because like you said, Doc, many people years and years have talked and, and profited about their pain, mm-hmm. profited from their, their pain and their indiscretions. But we come at him. We right. didn't come – and we didn't come at Bay because she was the she was the re- recipient, right, right. of the, the alleged uh, mm-hmm. indiscretion. Right. Oh no, the, the the confirmed indiscretion at this point. All right, the, the, the she confirmation. Said, she he said, said he did it. it. Yeah. He said he, yeah, said he did, did it. You're right. Right. Um, so wrong verbiage. No, no, not even that. Mm. But so it's interesting because you made a point in the last show that I was like, "This is brilliant," and that was you mentioned here, my dear, and you know people that are probably a year or two younger than me have no idea what you're talking about, and that was the song when it was um, Anna Gordy. Uh, was Marvin Gaye's wife, mm-hmm. and in the divorce settlement, he had to pay her however much money. And Marvin went into the studio and recorded "Here, My Dear," and every penny of that song, he gave it to her. Here, my dear. Right. Here you go. Here you go. Right. Um, and people consider that to be one of the most brilliant albums ever recorded. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so. I, you know, I had a, a, a response, and when we probably in one of the next. 15, so I have to go find it. Um, even outside of the 44 or 444, um, there were guttural responses from all over the place to Jay-Z in this album. I think I shared with you the article from the Young right. Asian Oh, dude, yeah, exactly. Where he said that Jay-Z and people of his ilk should be relegated to the dustbins of history mm. and proceeded to go in on Jay-Z and his inappropriateness and how he had profited off of, you know, the ghettoization, like all, like went in on him. And the point that I made was I have, as a, as a long time diehard Jay-Z fan, I, I appreciate his music. I love the growth that he's gone through. I said, we will never, we as consumers, as a people will never be okay with Jay-Z, no matter what he does. He could walk on water. This man has said, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I was wrong. I'm growing. I'm trying to do better. He, you know, the story of OJ, lyrically brilliant. He is schooling young brothers about, you know, this is, you know, instead of going, you know, it's better to go into the strip club all night. Credit. (laughs) (laughs) It is. Right? I mean, like we said last week, I'm trying to give you a rhyme for $9.99. But people will not, they will never be okay with him. And I can't figure that out. Well, you know, I think for me, and and I don't, I imagine that when, we, when we're talking about people, it feels gendered. So women, I imagine, is a big part of this. But I just feel like we're in a sort of zeitgeist of just general discontent. <laughs> that's what, that's what and, and I think that was the question. Yeah. Are we coming from this from an oppressed perspective that... The brother, the the brother basically has done something artistically that millions of men need yeah. to, to do and try to do. And the point, the, the mm-hmm. genesis of this whole conversation, mm-hmm. I'll tell people where this came from. I went on a 20 minute soliloquy with Charles because I have concern around what I'm seeing my sisters do. Yes. 
Um, I have concern that there is definitely an us versus them thing that's going on. And it's not, I'm not assigning fault. Mm -hmm. I'm not even trying to assign responsibility. But it is very scary to me that there is this, we're the woman clique. Mm -hmm. And there's literally nothing that our men can do right mm -hmm. um, to heal. And that you need this perfect package of mm -hmm. a man in order to give him his props. Yeah. And so we're, 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 and we're going to get to the other part of this because some of it is deflection so that there's not, does not have to be self-consideration, cons, uh, self self-reflection, and self-accountability. Self -account right. If you don't look at yourself, then you, or excuse me, if you don't want to look at yourself and you spend a lot of time looking at other people and pointing the finger and telling people where they're wrong, then that removes time and accountability, accountability. for you to check yourself and get yourself together. Indeed. And it's killing us. Yeah. There is no global revolution without personal revolution. Uh, and we are listening to, and you're listening to, we're just having a good time here on <laughs> WBOK 1230 AM. This is the What's Your Revolution show. I'm the host, Charles Corpru, sitting here with Dr. Tammy Wilborn and president of the New Orleans Journalist Association, Association of, of Black, Black Journalists. journalists. Oh, there correcting me. Thank you. I'm just Rachel. Yeah, <laughs> I exactly. Having a conversation and really trying to dive into Jay-Z's 444 and trying to get the female's perspective and really that question around what you just said, the level of self-analysis and accountability. We're not perfect. I don't ex we're, we're not perfect. No, we're no not. Men. <laughs> wow. But neither are we. I but neither are right. we. Right. So we're not perfect. And, you know, the, one of the greatest things about the lyrics in that song um, is he talks about, I wanted to, you know, I got to know my father and I thought I could love. Mm -hmm. Right? I thought I could love. And I talk about this all the time in my work about love is not something that is automatically given to boys. You know, the, the adage is we raise our sons and love our daughters. That, that, that's backwards. Hmm? That's not actually true. The adage actually goes that women love their sons exactly. and raise, raise their, their daughters. daughters. Exactly. But the world raises their sons and loves their daughters. Interesting. Hmm. That, okay. That's my, my And point. so, but, yeah. in, but in that, mm -hmm. you know, that, that conversation about what, is, what does it mean to show, to develop love? Mm -hmm. All right, to d develop the ability to love and then be able to love someone. Mm -hmm. And so I, I always go back to my mother and father, and my mother and I have a very loving relationship. My mother showed me how to love. My father showed me how to love a woman uh, in his affection and strong love for my mother. But my mother has really been the one to really take hold because she's the compassionate one. She wanted, she wanted my father, hey, come give me a kiss. Right, you know what I'm saying. And my father was like, mm, I don't want to do that in front of my son. <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. And so she would come to me and son, give me a hug, give me a kiss. So even now, 46, I love hugging no. on my mother. Yeah. You know, and so um, very affectionate man. You know, love intimacy. Mm -hmm. um, but getting back to that conversation is that it doesn't happen for every man. And you might see that from some of the women in your practice where they talk about their partner's inability mm -hmm. to show love to them. How does that how does that play out in your practice? Well, I mean, you know, we Rachel was talking earlier about the importance of being introspective and I think um a lot of the way it plays out in the work that I do is many women are not introspective about what 
messages they have brought into their relationships about relationship and love. And so a lot of times there is a lot of projection onto, but, you know, oftentimes when I'm working with somebody, for example, and they may have a relationship issue, that's the thing I want to know. What did you see modeled for you mm. or not? Mm. Say right? it again. So what Say did you see modeled for you or not? Right. Yeah. So, you know, if, and I'll give you this for example. So, um, and I have to be very careful how I, I'm I a transparent person, right. but I'm a clinician. So right. I have to balance that very carefully. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, one of the things that my mother modeled about relationship ships was independence. Mm-hmm. And she was very, cause she was a single mother, you know, divorced. We, there was a history of domestic violence. And so domestic violence led to single and raising three girls and a lot of her messaging was around, you know, take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. You don't need no blank for whatever if you can do that, right? Uh, you, you have to be Wonder Woman. It doesn't work mm-hmm. in relationship because relationship is about interdependence. Mm-hmm. And so if the message then becomes, you know, take care of yourself so you don't need no blank for blank, well, what happened when blank show up? Right, right. And that I, I, I need to steal it, steal it back just Please for one, one second. And it's interesting when you have – a strong woman, when you date a very strong woman who has had to take care of everything, and then you do show up, right? You do show up. It is a, a, a almost a confluence. Like, I don't know now what to do. We don't. I don't know what to do. And oftentimes, when you begin to soften yourself, you, you, you will revert back to, I'm still a strong woman. I'm still a strong woman. Yes. And so you, the man is trying to navigate, well, you know, on one in one respect, you you say that I'm Wonder Woman, and so I'm trying to navigate all that. But then you say that I'm, I, I need some softness, I need some intimacy, I need. Mm-hmm. So it's it's hard sometimes to try to figure out where we fit into that. Not saying that you know mm-hmm. we're we're perfect people because we have to be able to listen and understand mm-hmm. and get to know our partner from all of the aspects. But I think that becomes very challenging for some men because we're trying to navigate with you around what you need. So right. sometimes you come in and I'm strong, but well, that means you don't need me in that respect. Right. But then all of a sudden you say, I need you. And I'm like, where, where were you? Well, you, you, you've been acting like superwoman. So it's a very interesting role uh, so, that men have to figure out. Yeah. And, and mm, oh, wait a minute. What does that mean? Mm, yeah, what? <laughs> because it takes um, an understanding of the space that we as women, especially black women, have to occupy. And understanding when you get into a relationship, especially with a black woman, that um, that that is there. And so it, you know, I hear this all the time. Relationship relationships are a lot of work, and that's not like not even just, you know, uh, romantic relationships, but relationship period. Um, but you really have to. Yes, it's difficult, but what tempers that is understanding, um, or having the interest in understanding. Uh, where she fits in but that same responsibility rests upon women Mm -hmm. to understand where men fit in Mm -hmm. and what the 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 um you know when people say this is like so anti-feminist to say um but there is this whole concept of being a soft place for your partner to land on both sides but and that's what i'm saying Mm -hmm. there's a misconstruence that when a woman says that about other women that that is excluding the responsibility of a man to be the same thing. Mm. But it, it's like you should be, it, it should, 
I'm not saying, you know, block out all the rest of the world, but understand, be that soft place. I'm not saying don't have hard conversations, but there is a way in which to have hard conversations without it being so hard. Well, okay, let's yes. unpack that. Let, let's unpack it because communication is a very tough thing in a relationship because I think for me, and I'll, I'll, I'll be more a little bit more transparent than I have been, you know, trying not to trying to say things that I need to say in a relationship, but I know that some of the hard pieces that I need to say are going to hurt your feelings. Just you know, say them in a way that they won't hurt. There, there is a way to say something then true. Then help, help a brother out because – There's you know. a way to say something true without – because what will happen sometimes – and this I can only speak for women because I know a lot of women that do this. I'm just going to keep it real with you because I love you. And in keeping it real with you, I'm going to say the hard thing in a hard way. So I need to preface that. Is that what you're saying? You don't need to preface it. Say it. Say say whatever you would say to somebody the way you would want somebody to say it. It's the golden rule. Would you say something in a shocking way, in a harsh way to yourself? Because but, in a relationship, no, seriously, because in a relationship, that's really what it's supposed to be, that the two become one, right? Right, that's Even true. before the marriage relationship. But I, I in, might be able to take some things differently. But right. would you want somebody to talk to you that way? Well, but I think, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, I think, I think, yes, it's true that you have to be careful how you say things. But the truth is, some truth, regardless of how you say it, is sharp. Yeah. And it hurts. And I think, you know, it's hard to expect somebody. And so this is the part that I definitely hear and I, I definitely agree with is that there does need to be some consideration for how you say things. Usually when people talk, they talk. You know, I always say, you know, speak not to be what offensive and listen and not be defensive, defensive. right? Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times when people are speaking, they're speaking from the offense and, and that's not a good place to start. But here's what I would say about what Rachel said is, again, some truths, and I remember having this conversation with you, Dr. Corporate, when I was on your show last, and we were talking about sex, for example. <laughs> I don't care how you preface that conversation about. It's a about, tough conversation. Right? Yeah. You it's can, a tough conversation. You can, and so there are some truths that, regardless of how you set it up, it will hurt. And usually it hurts. Sometimes, not just because of the way that the person is saying it, but also the receiver. If the receiver mm -hmm. is not in a space yeah. where she, we're going to talk about it being a woman, for example, can, if she's okay, that regardless of what my man is getting ready to tell me, I know that I am still good enough, right? That has to still be your messaging. Your mm -hmm. self-messaging still has to be intact because regardless of what he says or society says, or whoever says that when you hear that messaging, rather than it being a dart that mm -hmm. penetrates, it bounces off because you know that you are still good enough. Mm -hmm. And a lot of women are broken, and they don't think that they're good enough. Sorry. I'm it, no, go ahead. Go ahead, everybody. Yeah, so this, it's interesting because somebody gave me the book, The Four Agreements. And that second agreement is what I'm living by <laughs> for the next week and a half. And that is take nothing personally. Um, that you never – that's the space that you don't take it personally. You listen to not listening, you know, defensively. Listen to receive. Mm -hmm. If you don't get that that one down, that that second agreement down, it's gonna hurt because you're gonna take it personally. Right, mm -hmm. right. And and I think that's the thing. And we have to go back to that earlier conversation that we were having. 
about self-analysis and self-reflection mm-hmm. and being the healthiest version of ourself in the rela- in the relationship. And that takes time. Um, that takes time for us to get to that point because we have to recognize that we may have unhealthy patterns. Mm-hmm. Unhealthy patterns in relationships, not only with our friends, but unhealthy patterns in relationships with our partners. Mm -hmm. Um, And that takes some time because particularly from a man's perspective, you, you, you got nothing to tell me, you know, and that's that's the bravado that we take. I'm good, even though, you know what, I'm not, Mm -hmm. you know, and and one of the great things about being able to do this show and being able to have these conversations with wonderful women like you, it's an opportunity for us to learn and grow. What I want you all to think about, you know, as we go to break here today, is that how we can help men show up for their women, Uh, not only for their partners, but for other women in the community who may be experiencing things that we don't know about. How do we do that? Give us a call, 504-260-9265, 504-260-9265. We look forward to seeing you after the break. Awesomely amazing, the facts made clear. Data News Weekly, the paper to cheer. The people's paper for natural growth. Honorable achievers achieving the most. Data News Weekly, the future of our youth. In the city of New Orleans, without excuse. Understanding the expression, black lives matter, yet we're failing to climb the ladder. The absence of love, the missing link. It's time we commit to effectively think, uplifting our women, families as well. Safer communities in order to excel. Managing anger, developing our minds. Data News Weekly, preventing decline. Restoring our decency, restoring our faith, thoroughly conscious, removing disgrace, the best of character constantly applied, self-determination no one denied, mothering children mothers up to par, the purpose of life beyond a star so let us prioritize what is urgently needed, data news weekly regression defeated no longer distracted no longer confused, so great is the substance of data news pick up your copy of data news weekly today Come visit H&W Drugstore, African-American owned and operated, servicing the New Orleans community for over 50 years. Experience fast, friendly, courteous, and caring service every time. Let our knowledgeable and friendly staff take care of all your prescription needs. Same medicine, same copay, if not lower than the big box pharmacies. H&W Drugstore has two convenient locations to serve you. 8454 Morrison Road, inside USA Market in New Orleans East and 1951 Barataria Boulevard inside Budget Saver Grocery Store in Marrero. H&W Drugstore is African American owned and operated. Call us today at 504-244-3784. H&W Drugstore, knowledgeable, friendly, and here to take care of all your prescription needs. WBOK, New Orleans. Trade your broken wings for mine. 
What's up, everybody? Listening to a little Beyonce uh, as we begin to continue this com- conversation around relationships and Jay Z's uh, new album, Fo Fo Fo. Ladies, we had a great conversation during the break, and I want to move this. I want to shift the conversation to that last question: How do we begin to? We understand this is going on. We've had our flaws. We we're working through it. How do you want? How do you want me to show up for you? And even if I'm not your man, how do you want me to show up for you? Mm. Why do I always get the, the, Why am I always the I'm one that has saying, to ask, answer the question? Because you were looking like you yeah, were ready you were to like answer it. So I mean, were like, hmm, I got this. So, so this is why that I, I struggle with that answer. Um, because it goes back to what I'm saying before. It's very outward facing. This, I want you to do this for me. Um. And for me, it's how am I showing up for my mate? Um, Because that's what I can control, right? Do I want a partner um, that is compassionate and understanding? And and, Yeah, I I want that. But I have to also recognize, like I was saying before, understanding the world from which, you know, what we carry with us on a day-in and day-out basis. And I say us because black men and black women are catching hell every Mm -hmm. day. And so... You know, I'm going to step out there. And I think, you know, I have to give the caveat. I was um, raised largely by a father who was in a very unhealthy relationship with my stepmother. Um, I lived with him for the, like, the formative years of my life when I was 10 through 18. Um, And my father, you know, had his stuff with him. But, but it was a, and, and loved my stepmother for the things that she did, but their relationship was very toxic. And so I think I have a tendency to skew a little bit more sympathetic to men because I grew up with a man. I saw that. And so 
that's where I come from when I say how, you know, I want you to show up this way. I see a lot of that, a lot of expectancy being put on men to be a certain way for us. And we're not willing to do the hard conversations and hard look at ourselves. How am I showing up for him? And what am I bringing to that relationship that is toxic that might be making it hard for that brother to show up for me? So the la- I was, I was, the last part is, I think the piece that I want to jump on to is that the the toxicity that the person, I'm saying man or woman, may be bringing to the relationship. Mm-hmm. And, and if you can't, as we said, you know, during the break, it, it becomes, it oozes out of out of you because it's going to, there are going to be triggers, you're going to reminisce, there's going to be something that oozes out and all of a sudden, boom, it's right there in front of you. And then now both of you have to deal with it. And, and you're looking like, what the, how, how did we get here? You know, how did we fall off this cliff when everything was everything was cool? But there's something oozing through this that is now coming out. And it's almost like, you know, it's like Tyson hits you with a left. I'm, I'm going to say this really briefly because I don't want to hog the mic. But there was something that Jay-Z said. I don't know if it was in the Cliff Notes or whatever that was called where he said that their relationship was built on something that was not real. It was something that was not and real. And that's why when we were on the break and I asked, you said everything was great at the beginning. And I asked that question, but was it really? And so I, you know, I, I am not a clinician or degreed like y'all are in psychology, but I always say this to, I used to say this to a lot of my male friends who would, for whatever reason, to t- decide to talk to me about whatever was going on with their jacked up relationships. Um, <laughs> I, I always say, but didn't you notice it in the beginning? Like that mm. thing that kills your relationship, man, woman, whoever, that thing that killed the relationship in the end, it was there in the beginning. I can speak for myself. The you know the one really, it was there in the very beginning. I saw it, but I didn't want to see it because everything was so that's new a, and that, so shiny. That's a, that's a good point. Speak to that, Doc. Well, I mean, I think. I think it's accurate that a lot of times people do show up as a mask of themselves and not, you know, the true representation. And so you don't really get the full picture until blank hits the fan. You're like, how do we get here? But I'm going to try to tie all of the pieces together. Kind of what you said is that I, I go back to, so the question was, how do we get men to show up for us, right? And I go back to what Rachel said in so far as, you know, how do women show up, not only for their partners, but how do you show up first for yourself? Yeah, I always go back to principles. You know, what are those things that you need for yourself to feel whole and good and meaningful and all this other stuff so that, one, you're not looking for that to show up for you to be that. So that's first and foremost is how do you show up for yourself and what things guide you and make you feel like you matter. But then when you, when you bring that forward to a relationship, then it's important to me in my you know, the way that I see things and the work that I do is that when you are able to be principled about who you are and what matters to you, you can then communicate more honestly to the person that you are trying to partner with about what it is that you need from him that is not a mask of him, but rather this is what I know my non-negotiables are. Y'all have heard me say this before. What am I not, what are your non-negotiables? Because what you say, Dr. Corporal, you know, previously is that men are often running trying to figure it out and that they're trying to figure it out because we're sending mixed messages. Mm -hmm. We thought we wanted you to be a protector and a provider, but then you're making all the money and now you're mad because 
he's not that, but you know you want to be something different. So he's, you know, shifting, trying to do all this stuff because you, we women, are sending mixed messages. And so you want him to show up, be clear about how you're showing up. Right. And be honest about what it is that you need in relationship to feel like you matter and all of this other stuff. And be consistent. And be consistent. That, that's I think that's that's you know people ask me all all the time what I want and I talk about consistency, mm-hmm. consistency in myself, but also consistency in the language of, about what you want. Because w- one day you want this, the next day you want something right. else, and I don't know. Yeah. You but, know, so I I I, I want to show up. Well, but let me also say that um, they one of the greatest prerogatives of a woman is to change her mind on a frequent basis, and so is that, it? that but but that is but it? it is. I'm not saying it's Quoting right. Read about Tuesday. Is it? I'm not, <laughs> I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying it's real. Mm-hmm. I'm saying that that is a reality of womanhood. Like you know, when you look at all of that I keep going back to remember the world from which we come and all of the attacks, especially black women right now, it's bad. It is extremely bad for black men. And I think we have this, we have this, this uh, ability to be very clear on all the heck we're catching ourselves. Men are very clear. I got it bad. I'm going through this. I'm going through that. Women, I'm going through this. I'm going through that. This is really bad. But the interchanging and understanding and and saying, dad, like I think on an academic level, we know the statistics, but on a very real interactional level and how that impacts people every day. So that's what I'm saying. You may want us to be consistent, but depending upon the day, well, and, and I get that. Can what, I just jump in? Go, go ahead. ahead. No, no, no. no go gonna, ahead. So on the one hand, I get that, yes, it's a woman's prerogative to, to change. Yeah, I might look at my shoes and go, my shoes don't match my outfit. <laughs> but tr- truth shouldn't change, right? So okay. if, your, if your non-negotiables are your little T-truths, mm-hmm. those shouldn't change, right? So if I know that I need X from you all the time. Right. That messaging should be consistent. Now, if we're going to go with the idea that it's our prerogative to change our minds, that's great. But usually what happens is that process is happening for us internally, but we never communicate it to our partner. Mm -hmm. Very true. So he's still operating from the last principle. Mm-hmm. And we've now moved on to a new principle because our prerogative is to change principles. And so now the guy's like, wait, I'm, I'm I going off on, of this I was, last a, truth. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I'm sure there's some sisters out here uh, who are like, mm, they don't, mm, like, I know what I want. And I'm saying that. But it, it's tough. It, mm-hmm. it, it is tough from a man's perspective at this age sometimes. And, again, I'm not saying that we don't do that, that we don't do that same thing. I think – we have to learn how to be consistent and, and and speak our truth. You know, that is something that I continually ask myself, what's my truth? You know, and it's a realization that, you know what, my truth may not always be good. Mm-hmm. It may not always be good about myself, but that's my truth and I need to be able to see that because if I see my truth, I'm going to be able to lead myself to, I'll call it a righteous path. Mm-hmm. But if you're not even looking for the truth, you're sitting in a space. You're sitting in a space of deception, not only for yourself, but the people who are involved in your life. Yeah. But let's get back to the question, ladies. I don't feel like I've got the answer that I want. How do we show up? You know, uh, one of the books that I've read is um, the Five Love Languages. Mm-hmm. Right? right. I, I, is that something that men need to read, or you read together? 
and you understand, okay, maybe your love language is, is acts of service. So I'm going to take out the trash. I'm going to take care of the kids. I'm going you know, to get your car waxed, I'm, all those different things. Or is it time and, a, a, you know, affection? The, is, is that how we show up, that we need to do the research, you know, and have that conversation? I'm just going to give the point blank answer. Okay. I think a lot of women um, just want men not to cheat. That's definitely one thing we definitely <laughs> want you to not do is cheat. Show up and not be with other folks. Yeah, that's that, nice. that that's that kind of nice. that is what I'm I'm getting. Like that has been the thrust of what I've been getting and seeing out there. That that is what has, um, you know, we talked about the, the age of social media, mm-hmm. and you put it in a in a celebrity context. That celebrities, you see, the, like the situation with Jay Z and Beyonce played itself out on social media. Uh, it's not just relegated to to the celebrities, and so it's not just relegated to celebrities. It it just happens all over the place, mm-hmm. um, and so you know I think there's that point. I know that women want men to be supportive, um, to to be listeners, but you know there's that study that says that <laughs> there's a way you have to talk to a man, <laughs> and and like yeah, the word certain, count certain kind of way a certain pitch to right. your voice yeah um, yeah exactly but I, I think you know and, and Doc will tell you there are certain you know don't hate me there are certain times in a uh, a certain times in a month that a woman's voice actually changes. Oh my gosh! You're trying to get killed today. No, no, <laughs> that's genetic. That is that is, that is evolutionary. Really? Yeah, partic- yeah, particularly doing. Why don't we know that? Huh? The How studies have shown, that? particularly doing a, a woman's ovulation, that the pitch of her voice actually changes. It and actually so becomes, happen- it becomes more attractive. Oh, oh yeah, that's what that's they said. That's part of the yeah. mating. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It becomes, <laughs> it becomes more attractive. It becomes it becomes softer. Also, let so me it go. makes you more alluring and more attractive. So it's interesting that you didn't get the answer that you want. Or thought you would get, which is usually the issue, right? So that when, so, so because I feel right, like I feel right? like you tried to call me out. No, because I think that's the issue, right? Is that when we're going to talk about when, so when women communicate what they want, or when they're telling you how to show up and we say it, it's like, well, that can't be it. Tell me something else. No, 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 that's not what I'm saying. But I wanted, I, I wanted some, cl- I wanted some clarity because the, the the men who are listening, you know, we want list. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But that. But then there. So. It's, yeah. But it, you want women to give y'all lists for how to show up? I'm just asking right now for this. <laughs> so I'll take it back off of Rachel's point, and she said cheating. But the larger message is honesty, right? So how do how do men show up? Men need to show up and be honest about who they are and what they want in a relationship. So if you know, for example, most women. I'm not gonna say most women. Women who want to be partnered may say that, but you may say. I, you might go along with that, knowing that that's not exactly where you are right. because right. your end game is not partnering but hooking up. Be honest. Be in your truth. Be in your truth. But men show up in ways that, you know. So, uh, okay, from a, I wish I had another man here to ask this question. But nope, you had all the guys. Yeah, yeah I understand that. But, <laughs> but is that, is, is, I don't know if we're socialized to sit in that truth because this, to sit in that truth around – being in that space with just you and and saying and, and and if that is not your truth to be able to say I love you I want to be with you but I also like to do this but that's you said so you, you know are we social- socialized I mean because there's you no are. there's no reward for that you you are socialized Who said? huh you there, are there's no reward for that if I walk into a house and say you know what I love you I want to be with you but I also want to have a little something on the side there's no reward for that so let me tell you oh. something well, so there it so let me tell you something <laughs> therein lies the problem yeah. and I've said this to 
multiple men. You've made a decision for me and an assumption on what I am and am not okay. cool with. Right. So the same way we're not telling you what we want, y'all aren't telling us what exactly. what you want, and you're doing it based upon the assumption that want all women are the same, right. that all women have the same threshold as it relates to understanding around relationship, and you're making a decision exactly. for me. I exactly. can't stand you re- that. You remove the, you, you're yeah. removing the options for me when you don't tell me yeah. the truth. Mm-hmm. Right. So there are some women who may be down with that. They may be open to, you know, there, there are plenty of women that are with folks and they're like, hey, go do your thing as long as you come home and make sure I'm good. And that is their truth. But when you don't communicate that, you remove the options for the other person gotcha. to respond appropriately. So what you're saying, what you're saying is that brother need, brothers need, men need not to be fearful of their truth. And, be, and yeah, don't be fearful of your truth and, and accept understand and just get down with the fact that everything ain't for everybody. And yeah. if if your thing is not for her, I don't care how fly she is, yes. if her measurements are all together, if she's brilliant, yeah. you have to make the decision. Okay, right. this have your non-negotiables. Exactly. Okay, this is what I want. <laughs> I hope y'all listening. Uh, this is this what man, I this want. Is it. This is the show right here. Be, just stand in your truth and have your non-negotiables and, and exactly. don't, don't really trip about but it. But it is that also uh, that it, it is that fear as well that if I tell you my truth, that I, I want to be with you. I love you. I want to be with you. But if I tell you that truth, if I tell you that truth, you're gone. Okay. Perhaps. But Perhaps. But we don't else. know. We don't so know that. That's the, that's, exactly. never know. that's the restriction of the option. When you don't put it out there, you don't know, right? Brothers, if you're listening, men, if you're listening, tell your truth, right? You heard that from two wonderful sisters here saying, tell your truth. So if you're trying to be out there, if you're trying to have one and the other or others, Tell your truth. That's what we're hearing right here. Right? Whatever the truth is. Yeah. I right. mean, be whatever, your truth. Right, right. whatever your truth, truth is. Right. You, and the other could be an, an, another. I mean, it might right. be that you don't like going to brunch. I mean, it, it, there's little yeah. things like that. I um, And I hope we get to the point where we talk about that other thing that we need to talk about. Well, about let's, the, let, let's, let's the roll into it. The toxicity and the women lashing out and, well, and all that. But, uh, but I will say that in um, the relationship with my children's father – there was a a truth that he didn't want to get with, um, and that was I am who I am, and I wasn't going to change. Mm-hmm. And 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 from not from a I'm I'm unbendable, but there are just certain things about yes. me that That's just weren't going to change. Mm-hmm. I am not Southern. That's not going to change. I had hard edges when I lived. You know, I grew up in the Northeast. That's who I was, um, and. And I got accused of being bougie all the time, like all the time. In this relationship you're talking yeah. about? Yeah, uh-huh. and that's just who I was. And there was this, oh, we're going to make it work. And then, you know, we had a non-traditional situation. The baby came first, the marriage never came, and then the other baby came. Mm-hmm. And it was, well, these are my kids and I need to stay. And I was very clear from the very beginning when we found out about my daughter, I, and I had this conversation with my daughter last a couple of days ago when she just had to laugh, my response was, I'm pregnant, I'm keeping it, and you don't have to stay. I was very truthful. But then there's a, that, that he, feeling of responsibility. Exactly, because of his past. Mm-hmm. And so he didn't want to live in his truth of, I, I don't really know you like that. Mm-hmm. To put full, full transparency. Sure. We had known each other a long time when our child came along. Right. But not being in that truth of, you know, I'm not sure. 
you know, and and and, and, and that's important. that is important. Mm-hmm. I, and I'm gonna go back to this piece. I'm gonna push. I know y'all gonna push back, but mm-hmm. I mean, I, I maybe I was. I, I won't say this. Maybe I wasn't socialized that way. Mm-hmm. All right, to sit in, to sit in my truth and to because not wanting to upset the apple quarter, not up, up, wanting to upset, you know, the status quo. I have stayed in relationships for other people. Mm-hmm. I have. Many people do. I, I have stayed in relationships, and, and, and primarily I have stayed in relationships for my family, mm-hmm. right? It's um, a whole different story. It's a whole mm-hmm. different – it is, and, and, and that's out there now. That I have stayed in relationships with wonderful women, but I wasn't – it was not my truth. Sure. And because I didn't want to hurt my family's feelings mm-hmm. or I didn't want to hurt her feelings, mm-hmm. right? Even though the – and so that, that was tough for me to be sit there, mm-hmm. In the in this in this relationship where I'm, I've got this wonderful woman, but I'm I'm ready to go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know I'm I'm ready to go, but it it is going to appease everyone else if I stay. Yes. That don't do that. Well, <laughs> that's one of those things that yeah. we don't. That's not. But a lot yeah. of people do that, yeah. and I think that's why you know y'all might be missing the words. I you know as a clini- clinician, words matter. Mm-hmm. How I use my words matter, and so y'all might be missing them. Your little t truth. Because the world will tell you its expectations as big T truth. Mm-hmm. So family will tell you certain expectations about who you should be with as big T truth. And uh, you have to know what does it mean for you. I, you know, you shared a bit of yourself. I share some more of myself. You know, so part of my little T truth was, you know, because my mother raised me to be independent and I recognized that if I, were, if I wanted to be married, I had to, I had to be interdependent. I had to be clear with my husband. So if you're looking for somebody to clean, cook, and do all this other stuff, that is not me. In so far as I'm not a homebody, I'm not a home wife in that way. I'm, you know, I'm domestic kinda. I'm mm-hmm. a hustler. I believe in working and making money and doing things that yeah. you know are fulfilling. And so my little T truth had to be out there. But he was socialized with a different type mm-hmm. of truth that women, you know, well, his mother and I, from what I can understand, from what I know, she passed on was she and I were much alike and so far being you know a go-getter but again you talked about those societal messages and so a lot of people are living unhappily mm-hmm. not only in relationship to other people but to themselves so, because they're trying exactly. to deal with messages about them that don't reflect them right and 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 to cope <laughs> you'll do some you'll do some different yeah, things that I'm absolutely. not you'll do some different things Rachel I want to get we only got about two minutes left on the show yeah. When women are unhappy, again, we go back to showing up, but you talk about this lashing out, and I, I know that's something that you really – so take this time to really, you know, get yeah. that off of your chest. Women lashing out at, at men, yeah. you know, when they are unhappy with themselves possibly. So I have to put it in context. Um, I not, – not giving huge details, but I had a very difficult reality that I had to deal with in that um, after the relationship with my children's father – disintegrated, imploded, whatever you want to say, um, the the harsh reality for me was I still had to raise children with this person in a very, um, just a bad situation. Um, and in fairness, maybe not as bad in his eyes as it is to mine, but the reality was is that there were, you know, um, a lot of hurt, a lot of indiscretion. Um, and I had to sit in that and still be okay. Um, one, because I had children, 
that still had to have a relationship with him. And two, the very real and important thing was, and this is if, there, if I say nothing else during the show, I need our sisters to understand being as angry at that person today, a month from now, a year, a year from, from now, now, a decade from now, and trying to hurt that person and put that hurt onto that person does nothing but hurt yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I can't say it any plainer. And I say it from a, a space of um, of knowing, of yeah. having experienced that. I can't even go into the details of all that happened. And I still had to deal with this person. It yeah. used to hurt me that my father and my mother, who has since passed, would not call my son at their house. at, at you know Because my son lives with his father. Um, would not call that house because of how much they couldn't stand him, mm-hmm. their father. Right. And I had to say, I'm like, if I can do it, y'all should be right. like, right. yeah. And that's so the other yeah. thing is it hurts the children. It, it doesn't just children. hurt the women. It hurts, it hurts, the, hurts children. the children as well. Right. And, well. and it doesn't help the man. No. Well, and, and I think there has to be, as we talk about relationships dying, there have to be, you know, not all relationships end cordially. We hope that they they do that you yeah. can tell each other that you love that you love each other that you know that this is just just where we are but it doesn't often happen like that it doesn't and that's because people won't deal with their little t truths right so. I love that that's gonna be our end point for the day ladies I appreciate you uh, coming on the show and helping us unpack a little four 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 as well as the little t truths talking about our big truths and uh, just being who you are and bringing your revolutions to the world. I appreciate it. I want to thank everybody for listening today. I want to thank my man Jazz behind the wheels of Steel. Please join us next week as we continue our conversation uh, on men's sexual health with Dr. Eric Griggs and Dr. Corey Abair.